The following message was entitled, Watch Out and Be Wise. The last part of a series in Romans was given by Mark Altrogi on the 17th of May, 2015. To learn more about our church, please continue to visit sgcindianapa.org. Morning, everybody. My name is Mark. One of the pastors here at Sovereign Saving, Saving Grace Church. <laughs> Sovereign Saving Grace Church. This is your first Sunday. Thanks for joining us. We're glad you're here. Welcome. We're getting near the end of the book of Romans. We are in Romans chapter 16. This morning's message is called, Watch Out and Be Wise. Watch Out and Be Wise. We'll be looking at verses 17 through 23, so if you have the book of Romans there, you can open it up. Any expert in any field usually can recognize when something is fake, because experts have been trained and they can look at something and see inconsistencies or whatever. For example, I've watched this show a few times, Antique Roadshow. Anybody seen that show? Anybody ever seen that? Tony Versace, are you the only one that's seen that show? Okay, a few others have. And on that show, people will bring in family treasures or antiques they've acquired or things they've bought at yard sales to be evaluated by experts. And the expert, I there was one show, I can't remember if I saw this one or if I just read about it. Somebody brought in a sword that they had gotten somewhere that had been used by a fraternity for chopping watermelons and it turned out to be a Spanish conquistador sword worth thousands and thousands. Of, or they'll look at it, the expert will look at whatever somebody brings in and he'll say, well, this appears to be a Ming dynasty vase. It is it's China porcelain with an underglaze of blue. It is, has a beautifully decorated dragon. And uh, the other markings would date it between 1426 to 1435. Where did you get this? And the guest then will say, well, something like, well, my father acquired it at an auction in San Francisco in 1952 and it passed down through the family. And, and the antique expert will say, Something like, well, if this is an original, it would be worth somewhere around $1.2 million. However, I don't know if you noticed the stamp on the bottom that says, Made in Hong Kong for Walmart. So, actually, the value is about $3.50. <laughs> Sometimes they get an incredible surprise that's worth a whole lot more than they thought. And sometimes they have a, a disappointment. But they... Just because something looks authentic doesn't necessarily mean it's the real thing. But an expert, someone who is wise in their field, can tell when something is fake. And God wants us to be wise in His Word so that we can recognize false doctrine and thus avoid the disobedience which false doctrine brings. And so we'll look at begin at verse 17. I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions. Watch out for those who cause divisions 
and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. For such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. For your obedience is known to all, so that I rejoice over you. But I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent as to what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Timothy, my fellow worker, greets you. So do Lucius and Jason and Sosipater, my kinsmen. I, Tertius, who wrote this letter, greet you in the Lord. Paul was dictating it. Tertius was writing it. Gaius, who is host to me and the whole church, greets you. Erastus, the city treasurer, and our brother Quartus greet you. Now we're going to focus on verses 17 through 20 this morning. So let's pray. Lord, thank You for Your Word. Thank You that You love us and care about us. And You've already spoken to us through Your Word, through the songs we sang that contain Your Word, and through what was shared about Your Word this morning. So thank You. We want to be discerning and wise in Your Word, Lord. And we just pray that You would, you would speak to us this morning and that You would equip us, Lord, to live by Your Word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Paul is wrapping up his letter to the Romans here. And before he says goodbye, he wants to share a final important reminder that he wants to be ringing in their ears as they finish this letter. And so before he says goodbye, it's, it's kind of like when a parent is leaving the house for a while and the kids are staying there. And so the parent is saying, bye honey, and one more thing, don't forget to turn the heat down at night. Or a husband is leaving on a business trip and he says to his wife, bye honey, I love you. Don't forget to pay those taxes. So it's, it's the last, one of the last things he's saying. He wants it to be ringing in their ears. And so Paul is about to sign off, but he's saying, okay, we talked about a whole lot of things. We talked about the righteousness, receiving the righteousness of God by faith alone. And not works. We talked about being joined to Christ in His death and resurrection. We talked about our freedom from the power of sin and the condemnation of the law. We talked about God's love for us in Christ. We talked about submitting to the government and not judging one another. I'm about to sign off for now. But don't forget this. Watch out. Watch out for those who teach contrary to the doctrine I've taught you. They cause divisions and they'll trip you up if you don't watch out for them. So, the three big things that Paul says this morning are watch out, be wise, and be assured. Watch out, be wise, be assured. And so, first of all, we're going to look at watch out. Verse 17, watch out. I appeal or I exhort you. I urge you, brothers, watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. 
Even in Paul's day, there were men teaching doctrine contrary to the Bible. Contrary to what the Old Testament Scriptures taught. Contrary to what Jesus Himself taught. Contrary to what Paul and the Apostles were teaching. For example, men were teaching that you were justified or made right with God by trying to keep the law instead of believing in Jesus. And that's it. Believing in Jesus. Receive eternal life. They said, no, you have to observe Jewish feast days. You have to keep the law. And they taught, there was some teaching that in order, that in order to be saved, you had to abstain from eating meat. And so Paul says, be discerning. Watch out who you listen to. Because false doctrine will divide you and create obstacles. And the word for create obstacles in the Greek is scandalon. Was, it's probably where we get our word scandal, but it's scandalon, and that really meant the trigger of a trap or the bait stick of a snare. So it's something that on a trap you would touch it and suddenly you'd be ensnared. And so what Paul is saying is these false teachers, by what they're teaching you, if you listen to it, if you don't avoid it, it will snap on you and ensnare you like a trap. Or that word can also mean stumbling block. It would be like a, a rock in the road that would trip travelers as they were traveling and fall down. And so Paul says, be discerning because false doctrine will ensnare you and trip you up in your Christian life. Now Jesus, the opposite of ensnaring and trapping is Jesus came to set people free. And false teachers want to do the opposite. Satan wants to do the opposite. If he can't prevent us from being saved, he can at least trip us up and ensnare us and wreck us in our life if he can. Jesus came to set people free. And so Revelation 1.5 says, And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth, to Him who loves us and has freed us from our sins, by His blood. See, Jesus came to free us. When Jesus was punished in our place for our sins on the cross, He freed us from our sins. He freed us from the guilt of our sins. He freed us from the penalty of our sins. Eternal hell. And He freed us from the power of our sins. To enslave us. When we believe in Jesus, we are free indeed. And so John 8.36 says, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. See, people think, I, I want to be free. I want to cast off restraints. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. I want to sin if I want to. I, that's not freedom. The freedom is following Jesus. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. He wants every single one of us to enjoy true freedom. Freedom from guilt. Freedom from fear of punishment. Freedom from the enslaving power of sin. And one of the keys to remaining free and growing in our freedom is to abide in Jesus by abiding in His Word. 
And so in John 8, 31, 32, he says, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. See, there's a a definite connection. If you want to be free and live a life of freedom and joy, the secret is to abide in Jesus' Word, to be a disciple, and to continue to put this Word into practice in our lives. The key to becoming free is after believing in Jesus. When we believe in Jesus, the Bible says whoever believes in Him has eternal life. After we believe in Jesus, then we should become disciples. We should start to, con- to take in Jesus' word. A disciple, he said, whoever, if you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples. A disciple is a student. And he says, if you abide in my word, you're truly a student of mine, and. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. So we continue to abide in Jesus' Word. Jesus loves us so much that He tells us through Paul in Romans to watch out. Be on guard against false teachers because they are attacking the Word of God. They want to ensnare you so you're not free. They want to trip you up. And so they will teach contrary to the Word of God. To rob you of your freedom. And so he says, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Contrary to the doctrine, the Word of God that you have been taught. Avoid them. Paul says it this way in Galatians. Galatians 5.1 For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. So when Paul says, watch out, that means regard attentively. Take heed. Beware. Consider. Paul said something similar at Miletus to the Ephesian elders before he left for Jerusalem, he said, pay careful attention. Watch out. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which He obtained with His own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things. False doctrine. To draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert. Remembering that for three years I did not cease day or night to admonish everyone with tears. Pay careful attention. Be alert. Men will be speaking twisted things. False doctrine produces divisions. He says, I appeal, brothers, watch out for those who cause divisions. It produces stumbling blocks. And so, in 1 Timothy 6, it says, if anyone teaches a different doctrine, 
and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he's puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words. And look what they produce. Look what false doctrine produces. Which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth. Imagining that godliness is a means of gain. So Paul says, he contrasts the sound words or the sound teaching of Jesus and the teaching that accords with godliness. He contrasts that to the words of the false teachers which produce envy, dissensions, and all those things. Why? Because these people are deprived of the truth. So sound doctrine produces just the opposite. It produces free and healthy believers and healthy churches that are more free from envy, dissension, strife, quarreling. Produces sound doctrine, produces a healthy relationship with Jesus and healthy relationships with others. And John gives a similar warning in John or in 2 John chapter 1. He says, "Watch yourselves." I think we're getting it here. Watch yourselves so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Boy, that's pretty serious. Whoever does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. How critical is sound doctrine. How critical it is that we regularly take in the Word of God and that we know what the Word of God says. And over the centuries, there have been many hundreds, thousands of false teachers who have not continued to abide in the teaching of Christ and seduced many. Islam. Islam teaches that God is called Allah. Allah is not a trinity, but one. And Allah will judge all people on the day of judgment, whereas the Bible says Jesus will. Islam teaches that if your good deeds exceed your bad deeds, and you believe in Allah, and you sincerely repent of sins, you may go to heaven. And there is an eternal hell for those who are not Muslims, not practicing Islam, and not of the true faith. Hundreds and thousands maybe of teachers have taught false doctrines about God. And think of all the cults, the Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, Unitarianism, Scientology, Armstrongism, the Way International, Branch Davidians, Baha'i, Rastafarianism, and hundreds of New Age religions. They're all teaching something. They're all teaching what they say is the truth. They're all teaching doctrine. We used to have a lady in our church who actually grew up in a cult called the Bruderhof community. 
And it's amazing that she escaped it became a true Christian. There are, there are many even so-called Christian preachers. You can turn on Christian television. These preachers would say they believe in Jesus, but they have said things like, you can have what you say. We can write our own ticket with God if we decide what we want, believe that it's ours, and confess it. They say this, what is the desire of your heart? Name it, claim it by faith, and it is yours. Your heavenly Father has promised it. It's right there in the Bible. I listened to a lot of that teaching as a young believer. And I think I've probably shared this before, but I believed that I could speak things into existence. And one day I was driving my car and my gas tank was on empty. And I said, I command gasoline into this tank. I command my tank to be filled with gasoline. I believe it in Jesus' name. I command let gasoline come into my tank. (laughs) Fortunately, I was near a sheet and could go buy some. So gasoline did come into my tank, but I had to put it there. Kenneth Copeland, well-known Bible teacher, in his book, The Laws of Prosperity, says, you must realize that it is God's will for you to prosper. This is available to you, and frankly, it would be stupid of you not to partake of it. So, there are all kinds of false doctrines being taught today. This is, it is actually being taught today that you can be a Christian and practice practice homosexuality if it is in the context of a loving, committed relationship. There are are people who claim to be Christians teaching that. There are Christians who believe that you can live together outside of marriage and that that is okay with God. That's not. It's a sin. Another false doctrine that is been popular at times is universalism. And that's the idea that everyone will be saved. Even within the last few years, a a preacher named Rob Bell wrote a book called Love Wins, which teaches universalism. Everyone's going to be saved. I mean, this, this is happening in our lifetime. This isn't like something that happened in the 1800s. And thousands of people are buying this book. And reading it. So in verse 18, Paul, he exposes the false teachers, who they serve, how they deceive, and who they deceive. In verse 18, he says, For such persons do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. So they're not serving Jesus. They're serving their own Appetites, And here's how they deceive. By smooth talk and flattery. I mean, if it didn't sound good, no one would believe it. So we have to be really careful because the things that some people teach sound really good. And it says they deceive the hearts of the naive or the simple or those who don't know the Word of God. Those who have not been wise in the Word of God. So sound doctrine is critical. We must regularly abide in Scripture and check what we're taught against Scripture. Like the Bereans 
In Acts 17.11, it says, Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the Word with all eagerness, examining the Scriptures daily to see if these things were so. So Paul would preach, and the Bereans would say, well, just because the Apostle Paul says it, I'm going to go back. I'm not just going to just take it. I'm going to read it against the Bible. Check it against the Bible. If we ever teach anything that is not in the Bible, you have every right to not do it, not believe it, to, to come to us and challenge us. Because we want to teach sound doctrine. Well, the second point, be wise. Be wise. 19, for your obedience is known to all so that I rejoice over you. But I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent as to what is evil. So the Romans' obedience, he says, was known to all. Their reputation for turning to Jesus in faith and obeying Him in their lives had spread throughout the church and probably beyond that to the world. Paul says, your obedience is known to all. Matthew 5.16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. See, we are after turning to Jesus in faith. We are to live lives of obedience to Him. And people will see that obedience. People where you work should see that you obey Jesus. The people you're in class with, your fellow students, should see that you obey Jesus. And so, 1 Peter 2.12 says, Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against us as evildoers, speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. So Paul says, Romans, this is great. People can see your obedience. Unbelievers can see your obedience. Your obedience is known to all. But, I want you to be wise in what you're listening to. I want you to be wise when it comes to what's good and innocent when it comes to what's bad. Because if you take in false doctrine, it leads to disobedience. I don't want to see you get messed up. You have a reputation of obedience and now I don't want to see you messed up by false teachers. So then the world will say, oh, look at these guys. They claim this, but they're not living it. So the primary reason that we obey is to glorify God. That they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Matthew 5, that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father. We want to glorify God by our obedience, which comes from being wise in what we take in and listen to and apply to our lives. It's Our obedience is is in one sense visible proof of the living God and the power of God and the righteousness of God and the holiness of God. So our obedience is important. It is very important that we become disciples of Jesus and seek to obey Him in everything. Which is why Jesus said to continue to abide in His Word so that we could obey it. So in Matthew 28, 19, and 20, Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe or obey all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. 
So the Romans have been obeying God, bringing Him glory. But Paul says, don't get tripped up by false doctrine. He says, I want you to be wise in what is good and innocent as to what is evil. And wise means learned or cultivated or skilled so that you can recognize a fake. Be skilled like the, the, the people on the antique road show. Be skilled so that when you hear certain things taught, you can see, no, this, isn't right. this is not right. Have you ever thought about this? Everybody believes something about God. I mean, even atheists, they believe something about God. They believe there is no God. Everybody believes something about God. Some believe there's no God. Psalm 14.1 says, The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is none who does good. See how a fool's belief shapes his life. See, it is so important that we believe the right things about God because it shapes our life. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. What happens with his life? They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. Hey, if there is no God, steal. Do whatever you want. See, our belief shapes our life. And then some people say, I believe there's a God, but He's really far away and doesn't care about what we do here. And so, Psalm 10, verse 13 says, Why does the wicked renounce God and say in his heart, again, this is what he's believing, you will not call to account. So, some people believe that God's there is a God, but He won't call us to account. And what happens? They're wicked. So Paul says, I want you to be wise. I want you to be innocent as to, as to evil. The, the Greek word for innocent means unmixed or pure. I want you to be pure. I want you to be unmixed when it comes to evil. Not a speck of evil in you. Not a, don't mix any false doctrine in with the pure doctrine of Scripture. Don't, don't live 99% of the time as a disciple and say, well, I can, I can do this one sin and it won't hurt. No. I want you to be innocent, pure, unmixed. Be wise. Be skilled in what is good. Sound biblical teaching. And so in Psalm 119.11, here's how we get wise. I have stored up Your Word in my heart that I might not sin against You. See the connection again between the Word of God and our life. I have stored up Your Word in my heart that I might not sin against You. When we're tempted to sin, if we have read the Word of God, if we have meditated on the Word of God, if we have dwelt on the Word of God regularly, then the Holy Spirit will bring that to our minds. We're tempted to sin. Holy Spirit will bring a Scripture to our minds. Flee temptation. Flee immorality or whatever the sin would be. Be slow to anger. Scripture comes to our mind. I've hidden Your Word. I've stored up Your Word. The NIV says, I have hidden Your Word in my heart. So we have to do that. We have to hide it away. Then when Satan comes with his lies, hey, why don't you do this? It'll be fun. This is gonna. This will be a blast. This is gonna satisfy you. Nothing's gonna happen. You'll be like God. 
No consequences. You'll say, no, I have stored up God's Word in my heart, and it says there are consequences for sin. We'll be turning away. So, store up God's Word in your heart as you read it day after day, like a doomsday prepper. (laughs) They store up food because they believe a bad day is coming. They believe a a really a disastrous time is going to come in our country, and so they store up shelves and shelves and shelves of canned goods. They they want to be ready for the grid to go down and food to be unavailable. So they store up food and water to last them for years, and they become experts in survival. Well, we've got to store up God's word in our hearts for when that day comes of temptation. And trials and challenges. We've got to store up God's Word so that we recognize false doctrine. Now, for those of you here who have not called upon Jesus, who have not yet believed in Jesus, He desires you to believe in Him and have eternal life. You believe something. Everybody believes something about God, but in the book of John, chapter 20, Verse 30 and 31, John wrote this, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. You believe in Jesus. You have life in His name. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. If you believe in Jesus, you have eternal life. And then become disciples. Start to regularly abide in God's Word. Start to store it up in your heart. And then the final point is be assured. Paul says in verse 20, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Paul reminds the Romans, you're in a war. And you have a very real enemy. Satan. Satan is the author of false doctrine. From the very beginning, he has tempted people to believe the wrong things. He... That's how he tempted Eve. Adam and Eve. He tempted Eve. The very beginning, he tried to get her to doubt God's Word. To disbelieve the sound doctrine that God had given her. Say, oh, you're not going to die. Oh, God says you're going to die the day you eat of the fruit. You won't die. He knows you're going to be like God. And they did not hold fast to the Word of God and therefore fell into disobedience. See, what we believe is so important. He's still, Satan is still trying to get people to believe lies. You can live together before marriage. Nothing's going to happen. Everybody does it. You don't need to go to church. Churches are full of hypocrites. Satan wants us to believe anything false about God. If you don't know the Word of God, you'll fall prey to his lies. So, 
Paul says you're in this battle. You're seeking to cling to the Word of God. You're fighting to store it up in its heart. You're fighting, you're fighting to be wise in what is good and innocent as to what is evil. It seems hard. It's a challenge. You've got this enemy. But, here's the assurance. God, the God of peace, will soon crush Satan under your feet. Satan has great power. He has great power to deceive. But he is only a created being. He is not equal to God. He is limited. He is but a speck compared to the infinite God. Satan is a creature of God. He is limited. God has no limits on his being. And God is going to crush him under our feet. And what is really cool, he says, God will crush him under your feet. As you fight this fight, it doesn't say God's going to crush Satan off to the side. He's going to crush him under our feet. He's going to use us. Ultimately, it's God who crushes Satan, but He uses us. So Paul says, be encouraged. Be assured. This is a worthwhile fight. And God's going to win in the end. He's going to crush Satan under your feet. And he says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. The grace of Jesus is is His favor and His power, His unmerited blessing, His love, His faithfulness, His strength to keep fighting and believing. And so in Hebrews 4 it says, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Let us hold fast sound doctrine. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy when we fail and find grace to help in time of need. Grace Strength to help in time of need. Power to help in time of need. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. So, God wants us to be wise. My my encouragement to you is if you have not been regularly taking in God's Word, I just want to encourage you again, as I, and I'm going to keep doing this as long as God allows me to live and talk to you guys, I will keep encouraging you to regularly take in God's Word. If, if you're not doing it now, start in some small way. Five minutes in the morning while you're having your cup of coffee. Start to build a habit of taking in God's Word. Because God's Word is how we are wise. God's Word is how we can discern And God's Word is how we can learn to obey. And God's Word is how we experience true freedom in Jesus Christ.